0: Hey, good morning, everyone, and uh, I thank you for taking the time to join us uh, for our Sunday morning service here on Facebook and maybe on our app, and we're so glad that you're a part of this service. Hope that you're staying safe and warm this morning, and, um, and so uh, this morning I just want to make a few announcements before I, I jump into the message. This coming Wednesday will be all thought out, I'm, I'm sure, by then. 6.30, we're having our membership class, so if you're new to VIVE and you'd like to connect and join our family, our crazy family. We'd love to have you come out at 6 30. Meet me in the lobby. Also, next Wednesday night, that's January 26th, 6 30 p.m., here in the auditorium, we're going to be gathering for a time of prayer and worship, and we would love for you to come out and be a part of that. There's something coming up in February that we're excited about, and, uh, and you'll see more about it when you come into the, into the lobby, and you'll hear more about it. But it's a uh, all-church campaign that we're calling, What on Earth Am I Here For? And it's, it's a, a message series that also is, is uh, there are uh, small groups that go along with it. And we would love for you to be a part of it when you next uh, Sunday or even Wednesday night if you're here. Sign up in the lobby and uh, purchase a book. Be a part of that small group series. And that, uh, that whole church campaign is going to be a great time of, of spiritual growth and, uh, and just building community and connecting in community. Um, this morning, what I'd like to do is I'd like to have prayer. And so if you just don't mind just gathering those who are there with your family together. And can we pray together? Father, we are so thankful for your presence. We're so thankful for your grace in our lives Lord, you take care of us, you watch over us, you bless us above and beyond what we could even ask or think, and Lord, we just ask this morning that you would bless and cover every family uh, under the sound of my voice, Lord, I pray, Father, that uh, as uh, parents are gathered together with children, as, as people are gathered together as families, Lord, we pray for your covering over them, and we pray for your blessing over their home, and we, we thank you for it, Father. Uh, Lord, also, we want to take the time to pray for our finances. As we mentioned last week in our service, um, we pray, God, for your your provision. We pray, Father God, for uh, your hand to be upon our finances for a miracle, Lord. We know that you've called us as a church to make an impact in this city. And, Lord, we ask for your provision, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, while we're on that note uh, uh, with giving, if you don't mind taking a moment and go online and um, uh, give if you haven't already done that, Uh, we want to just continue to be faithful to honor the Lord, put him first in our finances. Um, What if prayer was less about getting things and more about knowing God? This is the question that we asked last week because I think sometimes we can get confused and sometimes uh, prayer can be... Uh, A difficult thing to understand, and and uh, even Jesus' disciples in Luke chapter eleven, they were a little confused. They watched Jesus pray, and uh, and and something happened when they watched him pray. They saw something that they hadn't experienced before. You know, they they of course saw prayer. They were uh, Jewish people. They they knew what prayer was about, but there was something about Jesus praying that that they saw, they felt. And they, out of that experience in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, they said, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? And so that whole passage in Luke chapter 11 then goes into verse 2 starts what we know as the famous Lord's Prayer. And some people have taken that prayer as kind of like a common prayer that Jesus gave to us, to the church. It's not what he was doing. He wasn't giving us a common prayer that when we get into trouble, just pray that prayer, pray these words. He was teaching us how to pray. He wasn't instituting that common prayer. He wasn't telling us what to pray, but how to pray. And so he was saying, basically, in Luke chapter 2 through verses 4, he was saying, this is what happens when you pray. This is what happens when you take the time to pray. Whether your prayer is a 30-second prayer Whether your prayer is a 10-minute prayer or an hour-long prayer, this is what happens in that prayer. See, because sometimes we think prayer may seem like a little thing, but it's actually a very huge thing. It accomplishes big things in our lives. We talked last week about how prayer moves us from the natural to the supernatural and from the impossible to the possible. Powerful things happen when we pray. And you can find that prayer uh, listed in Luke chapter 2, verse 4. But in that prayer, we went through and we talked about some things. Prayer reaffirms my relationship with the Father. Where he opens the prayer by saying, Our Father which art in heaven. It reestablishes our relationship with the Father. Anytime we bow our heads, anytime, whether it's a 10-second prayer and we just, we're driving down the road and we just say, Jesus, I need your help. There's something that happens. There's a reestablishing of our relationship with the Father. The second thing was prayer keeps us right-sized because we tend to get out of balance in our lives. We tend to get, you know, uh, we supersize ourselves. Let's just be honest. And and prayer keeps us right-sized because in that prayer, Jesus said, hallowed be your name. God is holy. He's above us. His ways are above us and it keeps us right size. The third thing that happens when we pray is it keeps us focused on what matters most. Your, king, your kingdom come. Your will be done. As in heaven, so on earth. It keeps us focused on what matters most. The fourth thing is... <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> I'm all, all choked up about it. No, the fourth thing is that prayer is declaring our dependence on the Father. We, we get so self-dependent. We can do things on our own, but prayer focuses. It brings us back... And it declares, it's it's us declaring our dependence on the Father. Uh, the fifth thing we looked at is prayer reminds us about forgiveness. We've been forgiven. We're called to forgive. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. And then the sixth thing we looked at is that prayer delivers us from the evil one. Prayer is powerful and there's a deliverance. Prayer delivers us from the evil one who is who is trying to tempt us, who works and, and overtime in tempting us. And that's what prayer does. It brings deliverance. And then the last thing, Jesus goes through this parable after he prays this prayer, and he tells this parable, and in that prayer, that parable was our seventh point. And that was prayer works when you and I are persistent. I love the words. There were two words in that parable that Jesus talked about. He's he's the, the words were shameless audacity. When we ask, when we seek, when we knock, when we are persistent, prayer works. We've been given some amazing promises about prayer. I'm going to read a couple of them. You can join with me. They're going to be on the screen as I read. But Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 10 says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Another great passage of scripture on prayer is John chapter 14 verse 13 through 14 should be on the screen. It says, "And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the son. You may ask me for anything" in my name and I will do it. Wow, what a powerful promise from Jesus. Another one is in 1 John chapter 5. It says this is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. That's anything whatever. That's the promise. Anything and whatever. Here's the question. Why? With all those promises, with with all of of those words that Jesus spoke and and the promises that he made to us about prayer and whatever we ask in his name, it'll be ours. Why is it that we don't see these kinds of results? Why is it that, that those things that Jesus said aren't Coming together and being fulfilled in, in our lives. What's happening? I have this really bad habit. Um, uh, when I get in a vehicle, if there's been an emergency brake that's applied, I I I forget. I don't check it most of the times. Of course, it's my my own self, but I, I have this really bad habit that if I put a brake on, and, and a lot of times I won't do it even if I'm on a hill because I know I just forget. There's been many times when I've, I've put the emergency brake on and, uh, and I've been driving and, uh, and didn't find out for a little while after I realized, man, this thing, every time I let off the gas, it just like stops. You know, what's going on? I actually uh, borrowed somebody's four-wheeler one time to go hunting. And, uh, and the whole day I'm riding this four-wheeler with the emergency brake on and, uh, and didn't realize till the end. I just have a really bad habit. And, and you know, the Bible warns us, of things that can hinder our prayers. It's like our prayer life, uh, it's like pumping the brakes on our prayer life. It's like it's like just riding with the e-brake on. And I want to go through some of those warnings because I believe that there are things that hinder our prayers. And I believe that it's important for us to know what those things are. See, I'm the only one who can hinder my prayers. You're the only one who can hinder your prayers. I can't hinder your prayers any more than you can hinder mine. Proverbs 4.23, my favorite verse, it says, above all else, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. And another translation says, above all else, guard your heart for it affects everything you do. I believe that your prayers, my prayers, are hindered when your heart is unguarded. Your prayers are hindered when your heart is unguarded. There are things that slow our prayers down. There are things that stop our prayers cold. And 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 I want to look at some of those things just for the next few moments and I'm not going to take long, but if you'll just stick with me, don't click off somewhere else, just stick with me. I believe that God can do some incredible things in our lives if we'll just just stay focused for a moment. James chapter 4 verse 3 is a powerful verse. It says when you ask, you don't receive Because you ask with what wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. The first thing that hinders our prayers or one of the first things, but it is first in my list is selfish motives. Our motives really matter. Sometimes we think, well, you know, as long as I just pray, that's all right. But God cares about what's inside of our heart. He cares about our motives. Now, here's the thing about motives. I don't even know most of the time what my motives are unless I take the time to allow the Holy Spirit to search my heart. But motives matter. Just because you pray, God's not just saying, oh, wow, I'm just glad you prayed. He cares about what is in your heart, what your motive is. Can I take a little side note? Let me just kind of pull off the road here for a second when it comes to motives because I think this is important. So many times we try to like like, figure out what people's motives are. Like, well, she said this because of this and this and this, or he did this because of this and this. Listen, you don't know what a person's motives are. You don't even know what your motives are. But God cares what our motives are, right? He cares what our motives are and why we ask for things and what's going on inside of our heart. See, I believe it's a part of our old sinful nature where we, we put our own interests ahead of the interests of others. We put our own interests many times even ahead of God's interests. So the first hindrance to our prayers is our motives. I would ask you this morning that when you pray, check your motives. Check your motives. It could be that the reason your prayers are hindered is because of the motive of your heart. Just saying, it's possible. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 25 says, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done. It will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you've received it, and it'll be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. There it is again. We see it just like we talked about last week. When we pray, Something powerful happens when we pray. There's all these things that go on. There's a reaffirming of our relationship with the Father. There's a dependence on Him. There's we're we're brought face to face again with forgiveness. That's why Jesus said, you know, uh, when when we pray, it's 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 forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. There's something that happens, and 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 there's something that's so important about forgiving. See, forgiveness or unforgiveness hinders us. It hinders our prayers. We've been forgiven. We've been washed clean. You know, I think one of the th- one of the things that we should be like rock stars at is is forgiveness. We are the recipients of God's forgiveness. We didn't deserve it, but he gave it to us. He didn't just like hold them or stick them in a closet just, you know, for whenever he wants to use them against No, no, he threw them into the sea of forgetfulness. They're gone. They're separated as far as the east is from the west. We are forgiven, and we should be walking in that. We should be living that out. But what happens is when you and I don't forgive others, our prayers are hindered. It's amazing how even though we've been forgiven so much, We're so slow to forgive others. We're so slow. We like hold it against them and we want to just keep them held, you know, to some higher standard that we even hold ourselves to. Listen, I think it's time we search our hearts. And I know this is coming from a person who, uh, you know, I've been hurt by many people. We want to talk about, Hurts. Man, I can show you my wounds. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about forgiveness. I've been forgiven much. I've experienced the grace of God, and so have you. And so I want to encourage you to forgive. Can we take a moment? Can we just kind of pause in the sermon and the message? And just, can we just pause? Can we just bow our heads for a moment? Can we allow God to search our hearts? Lord, you know the things that we've experienced. You know the hurt. You know the rejection. You know the pain. Lord, I pray right now that you would give grace to each person that's listening, each person that's watching, each person Let's tune in right now. God, give us the grace to forgive. To cancel the debt. To let him go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can you just say it? God, I let him go. God, I'm letting him go. I'm forgiving. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You know what that person did to you cannot hinder your prayers. The rejection, the hurt, none of that. None of what they did to you can hinder your prayers. But your response to what they did can hinder your prayers. Let's respond with forgiveness. Let's be rock stars at forgiving because we have experienced forgiveness. Amen. It's okay to say amen in your house or in your car, or wherever you're at. I hope you're not in the car right now because it's storming out. But 1 Peter 3, 7, another uh, important passage of scripture. This is, this is you know, uh, we, we may uh, step on some guys' feet this morning if you're watching. Uh, it says, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. And treat them with respect as the weaker partner. Now, some of you women may not like that, but let's keep reading because it's important. And as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Do you know, husbands, do you know that mistreating your wife can hinder your prayers? It's true. See, the relationship between a husband and wife is a reflection of Christ to his church. It's a powerful picture. It's a microcosm of what what God has established in the church. And you know, if, if Christ gave his life for the church, how can you do any less for your wife? We're called to lay our lives down. We're called to serve, guys. Not to be served, but we're called to serve and to protect. We have a high calling. And the Bible says, if we mistreat our wife, those prayers can be hindered. So I want you to look, check your heart, examine your relationship. You know, maybe you're out of sorts with one another right now, and this isn't an excuse or, you know, hey, let the women off the hook kind of a thing. Listen, if there's, if there's conflict and there's turmoil in your relationship, reconcile, come together. There's power in agreed prayer. Man, when you come together as a husband and wife, as a family, and you, you uh, come in the name of Jesus, there's power in that. So examine your relationship. Reconcile. When, when the relationship's strained or broken, our prayers are hindered. Another one, James chapter 5, verse 13 through 16 says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Psalm sixty-six, seventeen through 20 says, I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Did you hear that? If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God. The fourth thing that hinders our prayer is unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin. You know, we believe at Vive Church that it's okay to not be okay. And many people get stuck right there. They just think, oh, i just keep doing what I'm doing and, you know, it's okay to not... We believe it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. We can't have one without the other. Grace says, all are welcome. Grace says, come to me everyone, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done. But the truth, which is Jesus incarnate, says there's holiness, there's righteousness. Sin must be confessed. Sin must be turned away from. So it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay for you and I to stay that way. Our prayers are hindered when our heart is unguarded. Your prayers are hindered when your heart is unguarded. It's real easy for us to go through life and just let our sin control us. I want to encourage you this morning to take a moment We're going to do that together in just a second. But take a moment and to confess sin. If you know there's things going on in your life, you confess it. There's power in speaking that out and and giving it over to the Lord. See, it's the unconfessed sin. It's the sin that we try to hide and cover up that gets us into a lot of trouble it keeps us separated from the father it gets in the way of our relationship i think what happens too many times is is it's like we try to hide these things you know in our lives we whatever sin it is we we make excuses for or we just lie about it right we just cover it up and and we create all these like dark places like these shadows to hide things and then we have to 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 like lie to to get ourselves out of another situation and lie about the lie, about the lie. And, and it gets life gets complicated and twisted. There's something powerful about just being an open book before the Lord. Just being transparent. I believe that's the kind of heart that God is looking for. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we don't sin, but our life is open book. Our life is transparent. And when we sin, we confess it, right? That's what Scripture says. Jesus said it. If we confess our sins, He's faithful, and He's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As a matter of fact, Jesus said that the person who says, I don't sin, is a liar. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory So it's not a matter of not sinning, but it's a matter of being an open book and saying, God, I've fallen short. I sinned. You can call it whatever you want. I was stupid. I turned my back on you. I did whatever. I hurt you. God, here I am. I'm an open book. I'm transparent before you. Man, I believe that kind of heart, that's a guarded heart. That's a heart that says that there's, that, that it's all life, all things spring from that heart. Can we take a moment right now? And can we just open our hearts to the Lord? Would you bow with me as we conclude this message and Would you just examine your heart? Your heads bowed and your eyes closed. God, I don't God, I don't I don't confess to to, to be somebody who doesn't sin. But I do confess my sin. and I open my heart to you and I ask you Lord to reveal the sin in my life those areas where I fall short God I surrender it to you I surrender my sin to you With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe you're not in a right relationship with God. I just want to pray with you. Just if that's you, you just say, Jesus, come into my life, make me new, forgive me, wash me. I trust you. And I surrender to you. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to be with us this morning. I hope to see you next Sunday. Stay safe. God bless you. Bring somebody to life this week.